and they don't know where to start with the buckets. They don't know where to start with the resume. They don't know where to start with like, what makes money? What am I good at? Like all sorts of questions that they come to me with. And I'm like, now I'm not a career coach, so I can't answer that for you, but I can give them some advice and point them in a good direction. Usually. LinkedIn presents. Welcome to the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. And welcome to the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. My name is Chris Vinueva, and today we're going to discuss top concerns for job seekers this month. I wanted to do something a little bit different for this episode in the sense that I wanted to share some common struggles and concerns that job seekers are having in this day and age. I know things have evolved a lot over the months. We are currently in the summer of 2023, and I realized that my brother and I have collectively spoken with hundreds of job seekers in the last few weeks alone, many through long form phone conversations. That's been my brother. And for me, it's been reviewing some of the resumes from job seekers that have been struggling. There have been some common themes and some common patterns. And the objective of this episode is relatability. I want you to feel like number one, you are not alone in your job search. And number two, Maybe there are certain things that other job seekers might be struggling with that you can learn from those mistakes and things like that. So I spoke with my brother. He broke down the phone calls with other job seekers quite nicely. And spoiler alert, one of those concerns for job seekers this month was rejection, receiving rejections and feeling like their resume was getting sent in quote the black hole. It's a common one I've heard. And just job seekers feeling like their job search and their job search process is not really moving along. So what I wanted to do was share with you that conversation with me, my co-founder, Matt, and let you know exactly what those concerns are that job seekers are having specifically at this day and age. So without further ado, this is episode 304, top concerns for job seekers in summer 2023. I think in priority order probably encapsulates the number one concern, which right now is that applying online feels like a black hole. Chris, how many times have we heard that that term black hole when referring to the online job search? Like infinite amount of times uh, <laughs> to kind of play on the black hole thing. But yeah, way too many times. Yep, yep. Let me visually bring it home. If you don't already resonate with that analogy, you just spent hours and hours of your time, of your day, of your week, whatever it is, solely existing online, sending out applications, sometimes five or 10 a day, and you are hearing nothing back. And it's not even just rejections. We'll talk about that later, but it's it's just nothing it's just silence. It's a black hole. It's it's going who knows where. Science also hasn't discovered yet why we're not getting any sort of meaningful reactions to our resume into our applications. So that's kind of number one. And I have some kind of with every one of these concerns, I put together some ways we can combat them. But I want to hear what you think, Chris, first on this. Why is it a black hole? Like, what is it is making it seem like they're not getting any responses? Is it kind of like the auto rejections or just like they're literally hearing nothing when they're sending out the resumes? Correct. It's the silence. It's not even so much that people are calling to me saying, you know what, I'm getting rejections left and right. I mean, they are saying that as well. But the thing that bothers them, I think, first and foremost, is I'm spending my time out of my week. I'm still employed or maybe I'm not. Maybe I have a family, whatever it is. I am super busy and I'm applying to a job in which I feel like I can benefit your organization immensely. I'm taking the time to write a cover letter. I'm I'm maybe writing this by scratch. And we'll talk about that later because you shouldn't be writing everything from, from scratch. It takes a lot of time. But I'm doing this in at least, you know, 
I'm owed the respect of, hey, we read your application over. We're not going to consider you at this time. You know, we're, we're considering other people. You know, at least that, right? But people are, just aren't getting anything. So it just feels like silence, screaming into the, into the silent void. It can be bleak sometimes. I share that commiserate with, with a lot of job seekers on that. It's really tough. And so I've been doing some resume critiques. So looking over folks' resumes to give like some advice. And like that was a pretty common complaint. Like I feel like I'm not getting any interview requests when I send it out. And I don't, and this is like the irony of having like a resume service. It's like, I don't necessarily blame the resume completely because yes, there's some things that folks, like a lot of job seekers, different types of mistakes that they're making on their resumes, but it may go beyond just the resume, like the holistic job search. Like how are you actually getting the resume sent out? Are you only submitting it to job boards online? Because I think that's when a lot of people feel like they can get trapped in this kind of like the black hole, so to speak. But like for anyone listening to this now or like in the future in a recording or something like that, just know that if you are not meeting that sort of not getting those results you want, like you're definitely not alone. And this is because you're competing in many cases when you're submitting your resume with hundreds of other applicants when you're submitting to these online job boards. And I even spoke to somebody the other day that said that they posted something like a new job opportunity a few days ago, and they got 1,500 applicants within just a short time frame. So it's not you. It's just your resume isn't getting noticed necessarily. So I love that. And, and I want to put a, a quick plug in for something I heard from another recruiter and a headhunter himself. Chris Campbell kind of taught through his course on how to get around the black hole. He called it accessing the hidden job market. Big plug for that, because as soon as I heard that, that resonated with me. Yeah, there is a hidden job market and it's through making meaningful connections with people and getting referrals like and not just just kind of the sleazy way like, oh, like I treating everyone as a number and I'm just trying to get referrals like, but no, legitimately treating the job search as a way to get your resume in the hands of someone who needs someone with your skill set and benefiting their organization, benefiting them and their department. Doing this can be difficult, but it is possible. And getting into that hidden job market, it's going to take a lot more work than just sending out your resume through the quote unquote black hole that is the many job boards that are available right now, indeed. And to name some, indeed, and LinkedIn, of course, can feel like that way. But Again, great platforms, but you do need to understand that there is time that you can be spending elsewhere as well. Yeah, Matt, thanks for bringing that to light here. And I'll move on to the second one and we'll get into some practical tips to overcome some of these obstacles in a second. I know this was, I kind of just did the doom and gloom one, <laughs> like just the black hole, but just let's move on to number two. And for those of you listening, just know that this like, so this is our first LinkedIn audio event, and I'm not sure if there's a way to get any sort of comments or things like that. So I apologize. I thought there was a way to kind of get that. But if you do have any specific questions, honestly, Matt, and I would love to hear from you. So connect with us personally, if you haven't already done so and send us an email, just send us a message. And I'd love to personally um, help answer any questions you have. Uh, again, because like the whole purpose of this is to start using the community here. So Matt, go ahead. What's number two? I think number two principle or concern rather that people are expressing with me is that, hey, they know that they do need multiple versions for multiple applications. They do know that they need different cover letters and they do know that they need different cover letters for different jobs. I mean, we're not all replaced by robots yet. We shouldn't all be using AI to help write every single portion of our job application, job documents. We shouldn't at least, right? So it's like we do need to take time to make each version meaningful and different based on the job I'm applying for. But the concern there is 
too. That takes time. As I kind of said before, people are calling in like, we have families, we have full-time jobs or part-time jobs, or yeah, we're unemployed, but we need to make money. So we're doing these side things. So it's like, I don't have an extra 40 hours a week to give to both my full-time responsibilities as well as another 40 for the job search. So versioning takes time and the job search takes time. I would say that's, that's kind of the number two concern that people are expressing with me. Yeah. Well, just kind of launching into that, like we're always like telling people like it's important to like tailor your resume sort of, but like how far does that go? Because I had a friend the other day, this actually was a long time ago. I say the other day, but this is literally like two years ago, but it stuck with me. But she said that she had spent like 60 hours in the last few weeks, like just working on her resume. So like, you know, I can't speak to like the types of like results that that would get for those who are spending. But like how much time like are we really supposed to be spending on a resume is like tailoring and tweaking it? Definitely not 60. Your time absolutely could be better placed coming up with a solid version in much less time and then spending that time applying to jobs or making meaningful human connections like I talked about earlier. That's that's way too much. So, but to give you a, a straight answer, number one, consider resume service. This isn't just a plug for services, but I do truly believe in what we do. And I do believe that people should consult and outsource what they're not good at. I can speak probably for many people on this call, many people that are listening to this, no one truly, truly enjoys putting together a resume, you know, and if you do come work for us because it's difficult, even talking about yourself is difficult sometimes. And so consider even working with a friend or a family member to bounce your, your skills and your career, your experience and everything, bounce that off of them so they can help you put together a resume. It is difficult to do on your, on your own. So how much time does that take? Not if you're working with us, but if you're working on a completely new version and you don't want to use a service and you want to do it yourself, I mean, honestly, sometimes it could take upwards of five hours, maybe even more. I know some people will say they'll spend 10 hours or so working on a resume and it feels like you're grinding, you know, it's, it's very, very difficult, of course. But once you set up one version for one category of jobs that you're applying for, what I tend to advise them in doing is then take five or 10 minutes per application that you're sending out to tweak that version and send it out to each individual job. So you've spent all that time up front, the five, 10 hours, hopefully way less, in making a really good version for one category of jobs or one industry. And then you spend five, 10, 15 minutes maximum making tweaks and making sure that the version you're sending to this job application is relevant to them and that you've looked at their job posting for keywords and reordering things. There's many, many things you can do during that tweaking time, but yeah. I love it that the way that you organize your resumes in your drive or folder, whatever, I think has a pretty big impact or it can have an impact because you don't want to be disorganized and like have a bunch of different versions floating around, maybe like that one master version. And then you have like a subfolder with the different types of positions that you might be applying for. I know that people typically are not just applying to like one type of position these days. So I found that to be helpful, like when I've written for clients a while back. And let me too, if I can just come back and say that the visual analogy, because, you know, I'm, I'm great with analogies or I love, I love at least talking about them, is the bucket approach. Think of your categories or kind of the folders Chris was just talking about on your computer desktop. Think of those as an actual physical waste bin, something that you'll have in your office that you can put out. And say you take a job posting, you print it off and you have a job posting that is applying towards event management, right? Let's just pick one random job skill or a job title. And then you crumple that up and you throw it into the waste bin. Well, then you get another posting that is also, it's called program management, but it's basically event management. I mean, they're asking you to, to basically only look at events. 
will take that, print it off, crumple it up, throw it in that waste bin. Any piece of paper, any posting that belongs in that waste bin belongs to one tailored five, 10 hour version of your resume that you took the time to put up front and make it targeted for that bucket, right? Each individual crumpled up piece of paper is a five, 10 minute tweak. So yeah, think about that. Think about that. Or if you like computer desktop folders, use Chris's analogy, but I like the waste bin. I like the bucket analogy. I love it. I had you come and prepare with like three different concerns for job seekers, but I actually heard that you had more than that. So I actually want to get through all of them. I think you had five, six. Yeah, let's keep going. Yeah, five. Again, for those of you listening, Matt, I'll speak on like his side. He's personally spoken with, I mean, dozens of job seekers. He might be pushing like, was it like between 100 and 150, Matt, <laughs> recently? Yeah. Yeah. Like actual in-depth phone conversations with like human to human, like not just like a quick one-off, but like in-depth phone conversations with job seekers. And so that is that's what inspired. Yeah. In just the last month alone. So that's what inspired like today's audio event. So like just rest assured, like this, these are like real answers of job seekers addressing, mm-hmm. like or just giving us their concerns. So Matt, what is number three in terms of what people have been telling you on the phone for things that they're concerned about in their job search these days. Great. Yep. Changing industries or changing jobs is hard. It's difficult. Some people say it's impossible. I disagree with them, but that's that's the concern that they share with me. It's very, very difficult. That's number three. Oh my gosh. Tell me more. And, and here are the two types of transitions, pivots, or industry changes that people are kind of expressing, or rather just changes, career changes. Number one is, as I mentioned earlier, I'm changing industries. So I am going from finance to technology. Those are two distinct industries. But obviously, you can do the same job in two different industries. You could be in, I mean, fintech might be kind of like its own industry, but let's just say you can be doing, like you can be in a fintech company doing computer programming work for for finance. Or you can move exclusively towards something like Meta, like an actual like tech-based platform. So it's like you are changing industries, but you're not changing your job title, right? You're not changing what you're doing on a day-to-day basis, but it's still hard. For whatever reason, people are finding that, you know, going from one industry to the next, they want someone who has a background in an industry. They want someone who is in a competing big company who might be able to share their secrets with me, or at least just share their process and then kind of bring that, that type of management skill, management style, whatever it is to my company. So it's like, they want to leverage that background in the same industry, but oftentimes we're bouncing around as job seekers. And I'm sorry, I, I do go on tangents here. So just to say the, the other one real quick, the other type of industry change or pivot or job pivot is I am doing a completely different job function. You may be doing that in a different industry too. So that's that's double the hard. But no, I'm going from one complete function to one completely different one. It could be in the same industry, but yeah, that's another pivot and both are hard. Yeah. Why is a resume harder for a career changer or even somebody making a pivot? Like I mentioned earlier, it does go a little bit beyond the resume. It's also just people objectively looking at your resume, knowing that you don't have the background that they're looking for. But I think if you just to answer your question specifically, the resume too can be difficult. We as writers, if you're writing for yourself and you're not getting a third person objective point of view to help you out, if you're just doing it yourself, we tend to just write down everything we've done. We consider our resume like a laundry list. Hey, this is my job that I had for the last two years, two and a half years. This is everything I did on a daily and a monthly basis. You know, sayonara. This is the version that's done. But it's like, 
that's not the best approach when it comes to career changing. And it's the one that's not going to get you good results, especially for you, you, you career changers. You need to look closely at your experience and at your skills and know and only write down the things that are transferable to the job that you want. It's a hard recommendation there and it's a hard recommendation to do, but it's, it's a firm one that I stand by. So don't make your resume into a laundry list. Make it into something that is, again, resumes are marketing pieces. They're not just a four or five page documents, you know, quite like a CV might be. It's something that you want to pitch yourself and you need to be relevant. You need to be targeted. And so it's, it's a hard thing for people to do. Right. Absolutely. But I do want to give a shout out to uh, Sky since we don't have a comment kind of thing. So she sent me a message saying that I do enjoy writing resumes and I miss writing monthly articles. And it takes a different type of creativity, like especially for those entry level jobs, as Sky had mentioned, because it's tough sometimes. Like I think also entry level jobs, there's also the connection between that and career changers, because oftentimes hiring managers and recruiters are like directly looking for that position title on the resume that, oh, I need, you know, three to five years of experience. I don't see that, you know, directly. And so that's like oftentimes the hurdle we have to overcome when we're trying to get somebody to look good for a particular role or like to show their qualifications for a particular role. So I think that's great. So well said. Well said. Okay. All right, Matt, anything else? Cause like, dang, I want to make sure we have enough time. I didn't know you had other ones. So actually let's breeze through to the other concerns you have here in these last few minutes here. What other concerns do job seekers have? And they're just kind of like wrapping it up with we'd encourage people to do. I had to put this one on the list. I'm sorry, just two more. So yeah, rejection in general is extremely difficult for people to take. Different than the black hole concept that we talked about before, right, Chris? It's not just not getting a response at all, which is kind of being ghosted, if, if y'all are familiar with that terminology. It's getting an actual, no, you're not the right candidate for the job. And that hurts. That hurts to hear, right? Yeah. And like, is this the resume or like down the line with the interview? You've, actually, that's a really good question. I have heard both and I feel that both are hard depending on the type of person. But when people are calling me, they're in the stages of despondency at rejection and the, the beginning and the middle of their application. So usually not the interviews. I think people are relatively better at handling a, hey, at least I got to the interview, you know, the better man or better woman won one over me and that's fine and that's fine by me. But it's it's kind of the rejection of like, I know that I am a good candidate for this job. I am, in fact, in my eyes, the perfect candidate. I can't believe they didn't see that. And I got a pretty canned response of, you know, we're going with other people. It wasn't even personalized to me. The rejection wasn't personalized. And I feel like I myself as a person am being rejected. And it's not, by the way, they're, they're not rejecting you as a person, but people take it, feel it that way. Rejection is hard. So I don't know if like, this is like the, uh, I don't know, maybe we're just like kind of going over these concerns and like just having, seeing people like would resonate with that. But like, I don't know if like, what would we offer up to people who may be feeling rejected in their job search? Like anything that you'd like to add there? That's a really good question. Yeah. It's just like, number one, if you are putting yourself out there, if you're being vulnerable enough to apply, just know that you will face rejections and know that every one of us is getting rejected as well. It's it's a very difficult game. But again, this, this is a June newsletter, right, Chris? This is for this month. Yeah. I'm talking about 150 calls this month alone. People more and more have been expressing discontent from the rejections this month compared to quarter one of this year, even but it's like months ago or like last year earlier on, like again, COVID, like the beginning 2020 was difficult in its own right. There've been ups and downs, and but just know that this month is difficult for job seekers. Know that rejection is happening a lot more. So you're not alone. Be persistent and know that you are not your job. You are not being rejected yourself. You are more than your job. You are a whole human being. 
who has amazing things and amazing things to achieve and amazing goals in that it's just going to take a couple of stumbling blocks and a couple of no's to get your final yes. Just understand that. Love it, Matt. Absolutely crushing it now. What is number five? Rat it out. I want to hear what the last concern that you've been hearing for job seekers. I love it. This is the hardest one because it's the one that like I myself might be out of my depth in responding to. And I direct them elsewhere for it, by the way. But the concern is like, I'm not even sure what I want to do. I just, I'm leaving teaching after 20 years. Someone just called me like today. I mean, plenty of people are leaving teaching right now. It's, it's a separate subject, but plenty of people are, you know, I'm laid off from this job. This is the only thing I know how to do, but I also don't want to do it anymore because I'm burned out. There's a tremendous amount of reasons why people are leaving their current trajectory, their current path and trying to go for something else. And it's not just the career changer I talked about earlier. It's the people who just don't, don't know what to do. They're like, well, great. I'm just, I'm lost. I'm paralyzed with fear and indecision and I could do a million things or none at all. So I don't know where to start. Those are the people I feel like I hear a great amount of concern with and yeah. Yeah. Feeling like you're leaving a career altogether, like it can be tough, not only just because it's something you might feel attached to. And then like, I remember I always use this example and I apologize for anyone who's heard me say this is sound like a broken record sometimes, but leaving hospitality restaurants, it felt like I had gravity just pulling me constantly back towards that industry. It felt like the only thing that I was like, truly like, oh, like this is the only thing I was capable of doing, like, which is a lie. And feeling like it was even harder to like make the jump to like another, just something else, you know? So I'm glad you brought that up. And I think like any reason in particular why it's this month and why people are saying it more and more. Yeah. And this is shown by the, the stats over time, but ever since 2020, quits have been on the rise. And a quit is measured by someone who's voluntarily leaving their current assignment, their current work, be it contracting or, or full-time or part-time or whatever voluntarily and usually looking for something else. It doesn't always mean that, but you know, looking for something different. And, and since this has been on the rise, a lot of people are like, we're quitting, right? And maybe not having the clarity of knowing where they need to go to next. I think that's fine. I'm not rallying against that. You know, people have different circumstances and reasons why they would do that. But it's like, it puts them in a difficult position when they're calling me, or let's just say they're still employed, right? And they're just like, I need to quit because this job sucks, but I don't know what to do. So it's like, it's a, it can be a paralyzing thing. I don't remember what your question was, but basically it's, it's just something people are calling in all the time about and it's, it's, it's difficult. And they don't know where to start with the buckets. They don't know where to start with the resume. They don't know where to start with like, what makes money? What am I good at? Like all sorts of questions that they come to me with. And I'm like, now I'm not a career coach, so I can't answer that for you, but I can give them some advice and point them in a good direction usually. And then do like, again, Matt said it, like we're not career coaches and do seek out a career coach if you can, if you can afford one. Like the career coaches, you know, after speaking with a ton of them over the last few years can be so helpful to helping you navigate any sort of, you know, change, whether you're going to move industries altogether or like transition like that. So we know a ton of great ones out there. So we can speak for that. Can I make a plug to a book if, in case they want to read a book from a great career coach? Please. Yeah. And if you, and if you can't, just don't have the funds right now to get a career coach and you just want to want to learn a little bit more about career clarity. Uh, there's a, a title of a book by that name, Career Clarity, by a partner of ours, Lisa Lewis Miller. Please look that up. Pretty short, right, Chris? I remember reading it not too long ago last year, and it gave me some insight and some pointers on how I can gain clarity in my my full-time role. But, but for sure, I recommend it to anyone who's looking to learn more about getting clear, getting clear on what they want. Matt, thank you so, so much for doing this. I know you also like prepared with some really like solid notes and just like collecting and structuring your thoughts, you know, 
taking all of those calls that you've taken and then like distilling it down to like these top concerns, I think is so valuable for people to know that like, A, I'm not alone and B, these are obstacles that I can overcome in my job search. So kudos to you for that, Matt. I really appreciate you laying it down. Of course. And thanks, Chris, for hosting this. And as always, uh, I enjoy working alongside you and talking to you. So I hope other people got some good out of this as well. Yeah. And th- for those of you listening live, like I really appreciate you too, because this is like our first LinkedIn audio event. This is a first for us. And so I was really excited to kick into it. So please, please, please connect with me if you haven't done so already. You can send me a message. And then also for those of you listening, we're going to be distributing this across like our other networks and our newsletters and things like that. So stay in touch. This is an open dialogue and we want to keep hearing from you. So with that, I will say thank you again. Feel free to react because that's a fun little thing you can do here on LinkedIn Audio. And y'all take care now. Thank you, everyone. Take care. All right, Career Warriors. That wraps up episode 304 of the Career Warrior podcast. We covered some heavy hitting topics here. We covered the ATS projections, versioning the resume, and the different things that a lot of job seekers are spending, not only their time, but their mental energy and, and focus there. So I hope that this episode was relatable for you. Again, I hope that you feel like the things that you're struggling with are not special by any means. You are not alone in your job search and some of these struggles. So I do encourage you to keep moving forward. Keep listening to this podcast. We have lots of good content coming up with career coaches and folks who can help you navigate these things. Ton of resume episodes if you haven't checked those out. And of course, you're welcome to book a call with us. It is a free of charge consultation with my co-founders actually doing them now basically to let us know what you're thinking about your job search. Where are you applying? What are your specific concerns? We'd love to hear from you. Just head on over to letseatgrandma.com and book a call with us. All right, Career Warriors, this wraps up again, episode 304. Look forward to an amazing episode coming next Monday. I can't wait to see you then. Take care. Career Warrior Podcast. And before you go, remember, if you're not seeing the results you want in your job search, our highly trained team of professional resume writers here at Let's Eat Grandma can help. Head on over to letseatgrandma.com forward slash podcast to get a free resume critique and $70 off any one of our resume writing packages. We talk all the time on the show about the importance of being targeted in your job search. And with our unique writing process and focus on individual attention, you'll get a resume, cover letter, and LinkedIn profile that are highly customized and tailored to your goals to help you get hired faster. Again, head on over to letseatgrandma.com forward slash podcast. Thanks, and I'll see you next time.